Hello, everybody, and welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe. This is your place to talk about anything paranormal, fringe, UFO-related. Of course, that would happen. UFO-related. And uh, basically anything that nobody wants to talk to you at Christmas dinner about. <laughs> so um, thank you for everybody that's watching or listening now or later, whether it be on the UFO podcast platform or YouTube. I just, I'm very grateful. And I want to say hello to Diesel Girl, who is always here first. So uh, you get A for being here first. <laughs> and tonight I have Amanda Lynette Mater, uh, the spirit woman. She is a spiritual medium. And she also teaches people how to, to own their own gifts and work with their own gifts. And I see Laura too. She's another intuitive. She's a great person. So I thank you everybody again for joining and let's jump right in. So Amanda, um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I could have read your bio for you, but I always like people to just introduce themselves and say what you do and, and all that good stuff. So, hey, everybody who is listening and for those who are with us live and later, I'm Amanda and I teach intuitive development and mediumship on my website, amandalinettemater.com. I've been teaching on that website for about eight years or so, and we run the gamut on that website. We and those who help edit my site um, run the gamut of information from opening your intuitive gifts, connecting with spirit, connecting with angels, numerology, dream interpretation symbol meanings and interpretation, how to connect with your gifts, how to relax, how to meditate, anything and everything that's connected to spirituality and connecting with spirit, most specifically and especially how to connect with your own spirit is usually where I help people start. So I typically interact with people via email, via the live workshop that I do every month, private sessions when they are called upon from others. And sometimes, you know, one-on-one -on -one and in person too, but a lot of it is through the website, amandalinettemater.com and the Spirit Woman and Twitter and, and Pinterest, which is my favorite outlet. But that's, that's basically where I am online. As far as my background is, I have a background in teaching. I've taught anything related to science and biology and ecology and wildlife guiding a lot of education in the natural sciences. When I started doing this and started doing mediumship and giving readings, when I first started realizing that I had the ability to do this, people started asking me, you know, how do you do this? Teach me how to do this. Guide me through a meditation. Show me how to do this. And I was like, well, you know what? I have this background in teaching. I'm just going to design courses or write educational blogs. And I'm still teaching to this day, but just the topic has basically shifted. Um, personally, my background, uh, my mom has a bunch of earth-based spirituality in her heritage. She's English. So she does a lot of herbalism, crystals. She was part of an herb society for a very long time. Teaches me a lot about that. She also helps to me. She also helps me edit my stuff, clarify my work. Um, and then my father's side, he's Eastern European, um, and his half of his heritage is Romanian. And ever since we were kids, I would have dreams or nightmares. And he would say, you know, this runs in the family. They're called prophetic dreams, just calm down. And, you know, he's not no longer with us. So when I started doing this, I had to kind of figure out, all right, how do I do this on my own? I had a lot of great teachers, but that's essentially my background. That's amazing. That's just some very strong um, 
you know, lineages to be from Romanian magic is just its own entity. So if you have that past, <laughs> and I know we all have, we, we also have not just that or like our physical lineage, but we have our soul lineage too, to take into account. But it sounds like you had people um, nourishing your gifts and your questions from a young age. So um, not everybody has that. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where you come in, right? Like um, if people are like getting weird flashes of information or prophetic dreams that might make them nervous or um, freak them out a little, that's where they can go to you. And you have all these courses available and even books. Yeah. When people are developing their gifts, you can get some very, very intense dreams. You can have flashes of visions. You can hear things. Sometimes it, it comes inside internally. Sometimes it, you hear it externally. So people can become afraid, you know, and become scared. And if they don't have somebody to say, hey, this is normal, e even if it's something that runs in their family or comes in their own heritage, the person who had that ability may have passed away, may have forgotten about it, may have suppressed it. So sometimes people feel afraid or nervous or unsure, plus the stigmas about hearing voices or seeing things um, that have been been real in the past can make people feel kind of closed or even socially nervous. So I try to help people both relax about their abilities, embrace their abilities. And the more people that relax about their abilities and embrace their abilities, the more people will be open to talking about it. And then the more that their family members may come forward about their mm -hmm. own lineages and the more that society will kind of like lose its grip on right. um, what is the wrong way to perceive and what is the right way to perceive. So, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I hope to help people uh, calm down, but in reality, people have to relax on their own and guided meditation helps with that. And also the spirit world helps with that. When you're opening your abilities, oftentimes people get more comfortable talking with their guides, more comfortable listening to their inner voice in meditation. So it's not ever all me. I sometimes say that the website isn't even my site. Like it's the spirit, it's the spirit world's website. You know, it's like a collection of all of our ideas that are together. So, I think that people's guides kind of push them along, people's own ancestors push them along. And then as you develop your abilities, what can happen is surprising supporters come out of the woodwork. So you'll have partners come forward or coworkers come forward or friends come forward. So I think that the more people get comfortable with their abilities and become okay in their own skin, um, the more that others are like, hey, me too. And that's kind of been the most rewarding part about this journey is seeing the others that have been like, hey, I have a story. Hey, I have photos to show you. And I know my clients have those experiences too. And it's always kind of exciting. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, It definitely can happen suddenly for some people, which has happened to a lot of people. I've noticed a lot of people it's happened to like within the past couple of years. It's as if like the world is at this turning point and people are starting to um, you know, I hate the term wake up, but like um, they're starting to awaken their spiritual gifts and their intuition. Um, they're learning that they're not just this body, this 3D body that they have, these like energetic feelers all around them. And and that would even fit into evolution, you know, um, when we're hunter gatherers and there's some predator bigger than us, you know, we would have to feel and sense things around us. And we're so dead into that now. And 
I think when Corona happened, everybody was by themselves and they just kind of got shocked that um, it kind of took them out of the world that was kind of uh, deadening their their gifts and their intuition and the way they feel things. Um, so have you noticed an influx of, per of people uh, recently or has it been more steady or have you know have you noticed anything unusual since the pandemic so before the pandemic happened there has there was a bunch of talk among astrologers intuitives mediums that there was going to be a great awakening occurring in 2020 right. even sylvia brown prophesized it yes. which is part of um how the conversation got going and then and additionally it was coming forward in a lot of people's readings that there was going to be some sort of major shift the same thing happened in 2013 when a lot of people, colleagues of mine, others that I've talked to awaken to their abilities. So it seems to be that there's like these periods of awakening that happen. In 2020, I definitely noticed when Corona struck, we noticed statistically data wise, an uptick of people that were saying that they were being contacted. We actually had one of our biggest months that year, the month Corona struck, because I think that people's spirit guides were reaching out. And then afterwards, it's been very steady for us afterwards as people read about and have to feel into their intuition. When kind of the physical world changes so quickly, you know, whether it's on a personal level or on a bigger level, I think that you really do have to feel into the situation more. You have to rely on more than one set of sensors. And I kind of think, like you were saying, evolutionarily, we have these different sensory systems that we can use. We have human-based tools that are logical-based analysis, and then we have body-based analysis. And I think a lot of intuition, visions, hearing things, seeing things, sensing things is based on a very primitive skill, which is why I think that everybody can develop it if they if they want to. Absolutely. So for people that are um, just getting these experiences, what sort of things? Well, first of all, what was your first um, experience that stood out to you? Um, a lot of intuitives and mediums have experiences as far back as they can remember. But there's that one I feel when I talk to people where they're like, yep, I'm talking to a spirit. Oh, so I have, I wish I could tell stories from my childhood of other people's experiences of me that I don't remember now, but I think the most recent that I can remember in very clear detail, I was in graduate school. I was going to school for um, ecological horticulture and I was having visions, having dreams. And I was like, you know what? I need to figure this out. So in the evenings I started taking psychic classes. I was like, this ha I have to organize this somehow. You know, I need to take these psychic classes. And one of those classes said, okay, now you have to do practice readings. And I had to do a hundred practice readings for one of the, it was like a challenge, do a hundred practice cool. readings. At the time my sister was pregnant and she was part of like a group of women who all were wondering the, um, the sex of their baby. So they, uh, she put a, a list out to that group and said, hey, my sister needs practice reading um, volunteers. And I did like a hundred practice readings, basically on pregnancy readings, you know, on like determining the gender, um, other questions too. And in those clairvoyant pregnancy readings that I was doing, I had one client, it was probably in the spring of maybe 20, early early 2013 i'd say and 
I was getting ready for my clairvoyant reading, my psychic reading that I was going to be doing to determine a pregnancy. And I started to see like this outline of this person sitting on my, on my couch. It was like a, a shadow figure, but I didn't get a feeling of fear. You know, I was just like, it just was like a, a different type of energy I could see sitting on this couch. And he, and he, I heard this voice to say like, don't, don't worry. I'm just her father. And I was just like, okay, like, but I'm, this is kind of alarming. You know, this is kind of alarming. Now I'd seen shapes and I'd had dreams and I'd seen figures in the past, but um, I'd always kind of written it off as maybe a, a hallucination. But then I was like, okay, I'm not going to worry. I'm just, just going to listen to this. I'm just going to go with it. I'm not going to freak out. And uh, I ended up having the reading, having the client, taking the client, and I started to describe the figure to her that I was seeing. And she got back to me after the session was complete with a photo of the figure and the description that I provided, which matched the photo to a T. And that was the moment that I was like, okay, like, that was a discrete entity that then vanished after the reading was gone. You know, it calmed, he, he calmed me down, you know, before this, you know, and I was like, okay, like, so that made me feel like, okay, you don't have to be afraid of this, you know, because this creature calmed me down. Yeah. And then um, she was able to provide an exact image to the T like a physical um, evidence photograph and say, look, this is exactly who you said this was in the early days of me doing readings. I had, many clients who would bring me their evidence to show that what I was doing was mediumship because I didn't really trust my abilities in the beginning. I was like, is this real? I was still kind of stuck up in that net of like of doubt. And I just didn't fully trust yet. Now, after I did the hundred readings and I brought through different spirits and they all had different characteristics, I was like, okay, there's something to this. But in the early days, it was really my clients that were like, look, there's something to this. Yeah, And that's kind of what, made me believe um i'd say is my first most memorable like okay this is something yeah and i know in the in the green room before we went live you said you had an experience that was much (laughs) earlier than when i was 28 so i'm wondering if you know can you tell me what that was or tell us what that was well the first experience for me was the ufo experience um there had always been um, presences in and out of the house my grandma was a medium, but low key because we were Catholic. But um, I was also already a space nerd for some reason. And my grandpa had just told me about constellations and showed me constellations. So um, I went outside, but there was always something weird um, in that house. Um, like I would always see shadow people, but this is a thing where I noticed um, this is the event that really changed uh, my perception of things, I guess. And I was only five and I was in kindergarten and I went outside to, I snuck out at night to go look at uh, the stars and find, you know, the most common ones he showed me was Big Dipper, Little Dipper, Orion's Belt. So I find Orion's Belt and I'm looking at it and it's a clear night. It's a cooler night in Arizona. Um, and I, these three lights just appeared and they, I thought it was, it, they were in a triangle and they did this weird like spin thing and went up and went down and they were like a like a, a golden white and they did another spin thing and came down they did that three times and then they lined up and then they just like Pew! but i remember feeling so connected to these lights and so warm that i kind of felt like they were you know alive or um sentient which now i know um a lot of people get that feeling but after that i just couldn't um 
I just couldn't be normal. I couldn't have like the normal playground conversations. I, I had to start learning about this. So the second I started to read, um, I was already researching um, to an extent different religions and beings available or that were on this earth. Um, and one of them is extraterrestrial. Now we know there are some interdimensionals happening and that's happened ever since the Bible, the angels and um, I've had angelic experiences. So after that, I started experiencing um, the other entities. Um, I experienced a non-human intelligence, holographic looking entity in my room before I saw, um, started seeing human spirits. Mm. So that was the time I, after that, that sighting, I saw one, I woke up and I saw one, like, it was, it was weird. It was like, it was like, a, like a hologram. Yeah. So, and then it kind of like put me to sleep, which is kind of strange, but that, that was the one that stood out, but there was always spirits around. Um, I don't know if they just hung out with my grandma because what she did, but <laughs> so yeah, that's the one that I really think made me a weirdo <laughs> or opened me up. Yeah. And it's so cool that it happened at such a young age. I mean, with a sentient feeling, I know that there have been times when I've connected with spirit, extraterrestrials, not necessarily, but like, I do know that I've brought through what they call them um, <laughs> in mediumship. We call extraterrestrial star beings. Yeah. So it's like the, the neutral term, <laughs> the neutral right, term right. for them. So um, in, <laughs> in mediumship and I didn't start connecting with the star beings for people in readings until like maybe two or three years in. But I will say that when you start connecting with the beings on the outer realms, angels, like you're saying, interdimensional, right. those spirits that appear on the outer wave wavelengths of earth, which is how spirit has shown it to me, you do kind of get that like trans, transcendent all connectedness feeling yeah. you know you do kind of have this like wave of awe that goes through you right. and i think it's such a powerful experience that it it you you don't forget it you know and it holds yeah. you there yeah it really does um and i guess i've never been able i I've always been a weird kid after that. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I would see spirits like kind of like walk through the hallway in my grandma's house. And those never like, I never wanted to deal with human spirits, um, but I see them, I do see them. I just wasn't int intentional about talking to them. So if some, and that's when people, my friends that are medium, they're like, well, you are a medium. I mean, to medium, to me, like you can, you can be, a, we're all mediums, we're all channels for something. Um, and some people have different modalities. They'll use cards, they'll use pendulums, they'll scry, you know, everybody has their different thing. But with a, with a, with a medium that talks to spirits, you are that medium. You're that channel. You're, you're using yourself as a, a channel. So I think that's really cool. But what if somebody suspects, like they've seen a couple of spirits and they think that they're getting more interaction from spirit, what are some things they might experience if they have, you know, the gift of mediumship or if their mediumship um, gifts are trying to awaken? I would say, well, there's a lot of different, there's like a, a list of like 15 or 20 different things. I don't know if I can get to all of them, but I want to rattle off a few. Yeah. I will say that one of the first things that people can start to notice is that the universe around them might start feeling stretchy or they might start to see energy like around certain 
th living things, animals, plants, trees. Some people start with trees or plants. They start to notice energy around those things. They either see the aura or they feel like that being is communicating with them. So for some people can start with just having a sense that physical things that you maybe thought were previously inanimate in your space are communicating with you in some way. So people can get to that state, you know, on mushrooms or through deep meditation or, you know, with herbal allies or even with sound music or healing or to really like specifically work on clearing their energy. You can get to that state. But when you start opening your gifts, sometimes that state comes to you and it's just yes. starts, it just starts to come to you and right. it's, op it's just starts to open you. It's like, the universe or your ancestors or your spirit guides or your soul path says it's time and you're opening. And um, once that happens, you, it's really hard to stop the ball rolling once it, once it gets started. And people can start to have like telekinetic type of experiences <laughs> where objects will move or paintings yeah. will fall off walls or things will drop you know in and around their space or they'll have one thing that they set somewhere appear somewhere else that's right. called apportation but it's one of the ways that it's thought that the spirit world communicates is by like just like changing the organization of the the matter around you yeah um, so people can experience that people can also experience hearing a voice so a voice that is usually protective of them like sometimes in traffic or to prevent a car accident or something like that. Someone will have an experience where they hear a sudden voice. Some people will move into a house or change their living situation and they'll start to hear the spirit world around them. So they might hear whispering external to themselves. I call it a disembodied voice. Yes. And you can hear it outside. Um, the easiest way to hear it is outside in the woods when there's no electrical interference. So if you're looking to have an experience, you want to make sure that you're doing it at a time where the electrical interference is lowest. So usually at night, usually in an unincorporated area, and you can have more experiences. Um, another thing is that people will start to have stronger dreams or they'll have visions while they're coming in and out of sleeping state. And then those visions will later come to pass. And then they'll learn that they're not only mediumistic, but they're also prophetic as well. Another thing is that people will start to notice that they're absorbing energy more intensely, or maybe they're having something that you would call mood swings. And when you have a mood swing, it can be because you've taken on an energy and you're doing something called accidental channeling. That's usually when people can find me is because they want to start to learn how to channel energies consciously, because when you're a medium, you can pick up things unconsciously for your whole life. And then when you start to develop your gifts, then you gain control of what you're channeling or you can gain control of what you're channel channeling. So it makes people feel a little bit more empowered and a little bit more in management of their gifts and in power of their gifts um, rather than a victim of their abilities. Um, and then I'd say another another one is is that people will start to have maybe the sense that they're having telepathic thoughts with others. Yes. So they'll start to feel like they're sharing or doing something called thought sharing usually with a pet or with a significant other. And then from that thought sharing, clairaudience can then develop. Yes. So I'd and say those a whole other topic, right? The clairs. We can do a whole other video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could do a whole other video. <laughs> You'll have to come back for clear. <laughs> yeah. So those are, I think, are, I would say are a few things that I'd say that are most common when people are developing their abilities. I would say that the number one thing that people 
have been looking up lately, I would say, of the four clairs is claircognizance. So mm-hmm. having like these thought downloads or like mm-hmm. these these thought ideas that aren't theirs coming in. Mm-hmm. And that would be another thing is that you start having more ideas that don't feel like they're your own coming mm-hmm. in. And then sometimes that's a spirit being transferring that to you. Sometimes that's energy you're picking up from the space. But maybe noticing that you're absorbing more energy is another thing that people notice. Now you've you've developed your abilities too. So what are some things that you notice, you know, or when you were opening or when you started opening your gifts? Well, again, after the first experience, um, I told my grandma, she's the only one that believed me. Um, my grandpa kind of believed me. My teacher told me I was a liar. I had to go talk to the principal about lying. I was in Catholic school. Um, <laughs> the first thing that I noticed that um, I started getting like ringing in my ears um, and not all the time. And I know people are like, oh, that's tinnitus. But it would kind of like intensify and have like a pressure with it. And I, I just want to say before I forget that a lot of the things that people that you just listed also happen when people make contact or um, do human initiated contact with uh, with non-human, you know, UFOs. Like I just, I'm just going to say it, UFOs and non-human intelligences that might be operating them. So I find it interesting that the parallels between um, experiencers of the UFO phenomenon and experiencers of the spirit world kind of have the same things going on. But one thing that was always weird to me that I saw was visual snow. And I'm and it's insane that your article was the first article that I saw about visual snow. Because everybody was just like, no, it's just the lighting. It's just this. It's just that. Like, I remember telling my first grade teacher, um, I think I can see atoms because there's these things floating. And uh, you were the first person that I that could name what it was. And I've just kind of lived with it. And since then, and it does change uh, around certain situations, people, um, objects like a crystal. Sometimes if I stare at a crystal, it gets real buzzy, you know. Um, so um, that's the two things for me um, that I noticed happening. Um, but that and then I think that the clear audience, like hearing a lot of things, the um, the energy, the empathic energy thing, like just like absorbing people's energy. I did hair for 10 years. So I would just get these people in my chair and they would just like spill everything to me. And I know hairstylists say this, but I've had like grown men crying in my chair um, um, because they had, you know, um, afflictions like PTSD. Um, so I just, but I would feel it um differently like some hairstylists is like oh man they told me this it was weird but i was like i was there with them so um that's another thing i think i noticed was the um the empathic quality yeah yeah the empathic energy called also i think clairsentience when people like people will sometimes realize that they have the ability to feel spirits through that or feel other energies through that and managing your empathic energy or like even noticing that you're taking on other people's energy allows you then to like separate it from your own. And then you can take on other types of spiritual energies. One of the things I think with, with mediumship and the reason why so many people don't develop their gifts or haven't yet is because mediums a lot of times are taking on their healers. So they're taking on people's energy, they're listening, they're kind of merging with the energy around them. One of the things I wanted to even mention tonight was that a medium can merge with the energy around them. So you just have to be always careful about what energy you're around. Mm -hmm. 
right. you know, when you start to manage your gifts and own your abilities is you always have to like kind of be very conscious of the type of energy that you're bringing in because you can channel anything. So, yeah. and then once you know that you can do that, then you have to be responsible with it. Right. But so many times mediums are just like healing and transmuting energy and being therapy right. therapists, you know, and like taking on everybody's um, lower vibrations and bringing them up in, in vibration. Right. So being a hairdresser, you probably get a, a lot of people who are being cared for. And then, you know, people who are like wanting to like let like their energy go, you know, in right. various different ways. And then, you know, probably channeling that energy or like helping them lift up their vibration. A lot of mediumship and connecting with spirit is helping others lift up their vibration or change their mindset. So you can do that in a private reading where you're bringing through spirit right. and you can do it through teaching. You can do it through any job in the service center industry. You can do it through customer service. There are so many positions in life or jobs that you could fill where you could channel certain energies that would make a difference. And I try to always say that with mediumship is that, um, and even with psychic, psychic abilities, there are so many areas and vocations where you could apply these abilities to make a greater difference. I think it's cool that a lot of mediums come from service industries, you know, because <laughs> they're like, they kind of have to yeah. you know, <laughs> meld with clients to be a good employee or successful yeah. in those fields, I think. You have to cater to who's in front of you in service industry. So it just, it still blows my mind that like we're talking about this and it's, it's it, the parallels between um, UFO experiencers and um, mediums very, um, we, we want to compartmentalize them. Like my partner used to say, you do the alien stuff. I don't want anything to do with that. I'll stick with the dead people. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm hearing about it from you. And I'm like, a lot of these things are the same um and uh, and it might scare people um and we do tell and a lot of people that initiate contact um with other beings whether it be angels or whoever get kind of it's the one thing you have to have the intention because some people have made um contact with uh extraterrestrials that they, they say they're extraterrestrials but it's not such a pleasant experience but they didn't know to ground first. They didn't know to set an intention first. So um, it's the same way when you're trying to channel spirit and a lot of people are afraid. So I wanted to ask, and we kind of touched on this earlier, what are the different type of um, types of spirits or entities that one might encounter when they first start trying to uh, connect with uh, spirits? Mm. There's a, there's a few, <laughs> there's a few different kinds. So it, it took me a while to learn the different species. And for most people in any field, you know, whether you're learning about wild animals or whether you're learning about herbs or you're learning about crystals, each species has different properties to them. So they have different generalities about how they act and how they behave. And there's always outliers within those groups. And when people ask me or come to me about mediumship, the number one thing that they first want to get out of the way is demons and demonic energy. Mm. I get asked about demons at family gatherings, you know? So I get <laughs> it, the demon thing is like, okay, we just have to clear that out right away. And, and there are spirits of different vibrations 
of every vibration that are right. on and around planet Earth. So you do right. have to be careful, just like you have to be careful in the physical realm. So yes. you have to kind of be able to read the energy, so to speak. And with demonic energy, typically what I found, and this is just so that people can clear this fear out there right away, is even if it comes to you looking innocent visually or energetically, the more that you tune into it, like it will change its appearance or it will immediately change to a, a scary face or a scary image. So if you have a demonic energy coming forward, it doesn't stay pleasant. It usually turns immediately, like it'll show you a fearful image or it'll show you clairvoyantly, like you'll get a flash of something that looks kind of scary or menacing, like a menacing face or something like that. Um, so typically when you're dealing with a demonic energy, which is one of the lower vibrations that you can interact with, but in my experience and um, profession, they do exist. And um, that energy shifts immediately. So people are like, well, you could be talking for a demon for years, you know, and not know. But the reality is, is that they immediately will change their energy right away. So if you are connecting with spirit and you're in a low mood or a low vibration, the first thing I want to say is get to a different mood, you know, get to a different yeah. wavelength of energy. And you're going to connect with something else that's maybe a little bit higher in the light. You might go into a place where the space hasn't been cleared and that energy is just there. So it has nothing to do with you or your vibration. That just that energy is in the building. You know, it hasn't been cleared. But if it starts to show you scary images or you start to get fearful feelings, that's usually a sign that it could be a demon or an earthbound spirit. Um, and earthbound spirits usually have like um, almost a sympathetic type of feel to them. They feel more like just a, the best way I can describe it is a sympathetic feeling. And that's a human spirit that hasn't crossed over. You have yeah. almost like a, uh, yeah, it's like a low vibration, but not menacing. Yes. So yes. then there's, there's the demonic and those change right away. They'll show you a soft image usually, and then immediately something fearful. So their intention is to like scramble your energy make you not know what to think. The next is earthbound spirit. And we'll just move up the vibrational scale. The next is earthbound spirit or even residual energy or non-human energy. Um, and this is an energy that's not connected to the light, another type of energy. If you have a non-human energy, and we'll just begin there after demonic, it's going to look like a shape, like almost like a virus or something. Like if you've looked in bi biology class, yeah. the virus has like this cube shape and then legs. Yeah. The non-human energies often have like these geometric shapes to them that don't look human. They oftentimes will, and you can see them clairvoyantly in your mind's eye, or some people will see them, like you like you've said before, holographically out in the space. Um, and those will have like a darker type of feel to them, um, almost like an obsolete earth type of feel. Those will feel. Um, some people will encounter those in certain neighborhoods. And I always say that if you do encounter something like that, just do your best to wash light over it and try to clear them out of that space. Because if that energy is there in a neighborhood, it's going to be affecting everybody in that yeah. space. Then the next energy after that is earthbound spirits. Um, and these are uh, deceased loved ones who haven't crossed into the light, usually because they're afraid. Um, they died suddenly. They don't know what happened. They're not ready to be spirit. Maybe they died really young and people didn't explain to them what to happen when they passed away. And then they just ended up, you know, on, you know, in this kind of um, very close to earth realm. Those typically look gray. They almost look like a spirit. When, when a spirit appears in a reading, they almost look like they have a halo or a light glowing around them. 
when you have an earthbound spirit, it almost looks like a spirit with the lights turned out or like a puppet mm -hmm. show with no lights on. You know, it kind of has like this, yeah, just like the lights in the room have been turned out, turned down over them. Typically, I guide them into the light. The next after that, I would say would probably be like earth spirits. These are my favorite. They're they're um, <laughs> not as popular in the U.S. as they are in other countries, but these would oh, be yeah. like fairies, elves, gnomes. Yeah, those somebody was of, just talking about that in the chat earlier. <laughs> they're so fun. <laughs> you know, these are my favorite and they do come forward for people in reading. Some people will say even dragon elemental spirits come forward for these. Yeah. Um, my family personally loves gnomes. So, so oh, I love just, gnomes. I, do, oh. I really love them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love them. I love them so much. So um, this is my favorite group. Um, you guys can probably notice by my energy, but they tend to have a happy energy. So they tend to have a happy energy, a playful energy. <laughs> they could be protective. Some people see them poking out and around the corners of their homes, but yeah. it never feels menacing. It almost just feels like hide and seek or right. a, a little, little bit like playing. Yeah. Some people will like see them at the top of their stairs or see them at the on, at the corner or see them at their front door or, or think that they see them in their garden. And you do, yeah. you know, but it has a very like they're playing play and hide and seek with you type of feel. Um, is how those feel and orb like because you notice because you mentioned visual snow yeah orb like um they tend to be like fairies tend to appear like brighter and more pinpointed than angels so like angels can look more diffuse in their right. like, light forming the, the light's like a it's kind of like moving almost. Yeah, and it's it's moving, it's it's more diffuse, it's not static. Where fairies, it almost looks like Christmas lights or something like that. Oh, yeah, you know, where it's like pinpointed bright little mm -hmm. lights is how you see them. Um, gnomes tend to like just have like darting, they, they're full color, I see them full color. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of have like this darting really fast. They're oh, typically always appear very short when you see them clairvoyantly. Um, the next group, and they can appear almost as gatekeepers for people. So, so people who oh, okay. have like a fear or something of the spirit world, they will sometimes appear as gatekeepers because they're so fun, because they've been adopted by modern society. You know, you see them in advertising certain <laughs> holidays, people will allow them, <laughs> you know. Because Christmas too. I will say I've seen a ton of gnomes. And if I can find these gnome ornaments, I'm totally going to send them to you because I saw them at this store, the like five below store. And they're so cute. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go find them for Amanda now that I know she likes gnomes. Oh gosh, and five below. <laughs> they're yes. everywhere. They're everywhere this season. Um, maybe it's just because I'm noticing them more, but um, like there's like, my mom sent the boys, I have a two and a four year old, a shirt that said rolling with my gnomies or something and that's like Christmas gnomes on it. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're, they're very popular right now. <laughs> yeah, they are. And and uh, my article on nature spirits is also like that one is popular around this time. I wrote it in the spring, but it's popular every year in the fall. Nice. So it's kind of just one of those things where I'm like, OK, people embrace it this time of year. So yeah. I will. I allow that. You know, I just kind of jump on the bandwagon when they let me. And um, so gnomes, so earth spirits, earth energies. That's kind of the next group. Then after that, we have ancestors, uh, deceased loved ones. Um, these are very, these are our loved ones. These are the people that we have on our altar. They're our pets. So these energies tend to have like an all loving feel. They open your heart chakra the most. So when people start to connect with them and if people's heart chakra have been blocked or due to trauma or pain, 
people will sometimes cry when they first start connecting with their ancestors or their loved ones. They'll start to get tear up. You might even tear up if you're connecting with other people's ancestors or loved ones. Then they just kind of open the waterworks in their heart chakra. Once they do it a few times, then you get used to it, but they'll still do it. You know, they'll still do it. They're your family, you know, so they're deceased loved ones, ancestors. That's the next group. Typically loving, typically kind, typically very wise group of energies, but they have an earthly feel almost like the earth spirits do. Like they feel a little closer, denser in a sense, not in a bad way, but just in a, in a, in a, I don't know, just that's yeah. they feel denser. Um, you can, and because they feel denser, sometimes it's easier to see them than it is to see angels or spirit guides. Then we have uh, spirit guides. These are sometimes those who've um, been with us in our past lives. They tend to be energies that are very similar to ascended masters like Buddha or Jesus, and they can be almost very similar to guardian angels. Mm-hmm. Then we have angels. Uh, the angelic group is one of the most commonly accepted, at least in our culture right now, right. because of their their mention in the Bible. And the biggest angels out there, I would say, is Michael and Gabriel are the two that people tend to know the most. And then Archangel Raphael. Yes. And people will sometimes start connecting in mediumship just to their angels. And uh, they'll start getting messages from their angels. And some people just do angelic readings and they yeah. stay, and they stay in that vibration. Then once we're at angels, then we start having things like star beings. And these would be like the Pleiadians and things like that. Um, they come forward in readings and they can sometimes be loving. They can sometimes be very wise. But like you've said, yeah. people have had um, very interesting experiences with them. Yeah. So I tend to just say like, I only really bring those up to people who I see them for. Right. Just because um, uh they can be sometimes a very powerful energy. Yes. And if your energy isn't aligned to connect with them, it, it can they can it can be very overwhelming for those type of and same with angels. Sometimes people connect with angels and they can get a very high adrenaline, almost anxiety-like feeling yes. because the energy is so high vibration. You know, move the molecules are moving so fast. So um, I tend to say, like, if your vibration is there, great. But I like to tell people to work their way up. So I, t- I usually say start with the earth spirits, the element type of spirits, and then start moving up the ladder if you can. But if you ha- And if you have the luxury, some people don't have the luxury. Sometimes it's the spirit group that w- reaches out to you, and that group decides who you're connecting to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the, a person, the group of spirits that want to connect with you will sometimes make contact with you. And then that's where you start, you know, yeah. with who's made contact with you. And then you start exploring the other groups. That's very cool. Yeah, there's, there's, it's interesting, again, so many different types of uh, each of those tiers of spirits. And that's so guys, that's a lot of different things, you might experience any of that. Um, but yes, uh, if you're more if you keep your like, I'd like the, a lot of people ask me about house clearing. Um, they get in their house, they're like, there's this weird part of the house. Um, and they want it clear um, because there's that residual energy there in most cases is residual. Um, but sometimes it is an entity that's like bound to the house in a way. So that's another tricky one that people um, have a trip. They have problem, not problem, but a challenge uh, differentiating between like residual energy spirits and, or they think it's a spirit, but it's residual energy or um, an actual 
spirit or entity in the house. Um, I was going to ask about Claire's, but we determined that that's going to be a long conversation. So you're going to have to come back for part two at some point. Love to. And um, so when people start channeling, um, like like you said, you have to bring your vibration to a point where you're in a good mood, basically. You feel good about it. It's it just it's just like doing any. Um, I know people like to do. Um, smoke or do mushrooms to get in the, you know, open up a little, but you have to take in mind the set and setting. Like you're not going to do any sort of thing with like your, your house being a mess. You're not going to have a party with your house being a mess. So you have to keep yourself kind of like spiritually clean. I'm not going to say spiritually clean because everybody's got light and shadow, but you know, you have to keep yourself happy and upbeat and make sure you're in a good mood when you start channeling. Um, I've noticed that helps as far as safety goes, because I get a lot of questions like, how do I do this safely? Like, uh, how do I be safe when I'm starting the channel? Or like, yeah. contact. <laughs> yeah, and you know, with that, it's interesting you brought up like spirits tied to the house and land spirits and things like that. Because I think it's important for people to mention that with safety, a lot of us have protector spirits that are on the land, you know, or that are connected to our house or that are connected to our family. So some of us do have safety spirits built in. So what I typically recommend is to just call forward all of your ancestors to call forward your spirit guides and ask them to clear, help you clear the space of anything that's no longer serving for the highest and greatest good. Then what I like to suggest is that people use a tool if they have one, a sound tool like tuning forks, an herbal tool, if it's safe for them and if they can, can definitely help you get into the state. But then also using your body as a tool for meditation. I usually recommend people clear their energy. And the way that you do that is you, I like to put my feet flat on the floor and my hands palm up on my lap. And you just say, okay, body, mind, no thoughts. And you wait until your body and mind clears of, no, of any thought. And then you ask your spirit guides or angels or your higher self to step into your body. I usually like to ask my higher self to step in and then take a, a clairvoyant note of what my higher self looks like. Then I ask my higher self to step in and then I ask my higher self to cleanse my body in light. And I notice then, are there any residual energies I'm seeing clairvoyantly? Are there any feelings here that you know need to be cleared? And I just visualize that energy you can visualize that energy just dropping off the of your energy body mm -hmm. and you want to just visualize white light or golden light sometimes i'll use like in reiki they use golden light so sometimes i'll use golden light and i'll just visualize that golden light energy or even reiki symbols going through my body and then i will visualize that and you can visualize that until your energy feels clear like you you yourself have no residuals on you once your energy feels residually clear, then you ask, okay, your mind, your spirit, your body for your happiest memory, and then start to visualize your happiest memory. Once you have your happiest memory in your mind, then you're ready to open your eyes and begin channeling spirit or calling spirit in. Usually I like people to call up their happiest memory or call up a good thought, sometimes just an emotion like the word joy or bliss. Okay, tell me what joy is to you, to yourself. And then once you start to feel that bliss or feel that joy, then you start saying, okay, guides come in. You know, okay, client for my spirits, you know, call, come yeah. in. You know, okay, um, whoever I'm channeling today for this, you know, professional consultation, come in. And then you 
notice who appears before you. And that's usually how you weed out some of the noise of the other types of spirits that are around because they're all around us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to channel safely. It's as much about getting yourself into a space where you feel clear. And once you're clear, then you can have an objective perspective. Then when something new comes into your energy, then you can define it and then you can yeah. discern it and you can you can identify what it is. When your own energy is not clear, you can't do that. Yeah. So I like to tell people clear clear themselves, get into a high vibration state as you want. I like to do uh, sound clearing or essential oils or meditation, just the visualization we just did. Um, and some people do use uh, THC and THC does open up the sensors. Some people do use mushrooms as well. It's very traditional to do that. There's nothing to be afraid of with plant spirit energy. Um, there's a book called Plants of the Gods and I have it downstairs. And it explains that if you're interested in something like that, how to use the different herbal energies to connect to different planes of reality. Um, and those can be helpful at times. So it just depends on what works for most people. But I'd say doing the clearing visualization is where I usually start to get safe and to feel safe. And that's all great. Um, that's great advice because that's similar. You know, everybody learns their own process, but I do, um, I like that because anybody could do it and it doesn't require like a physical tool besides you. And we're kind of like our own, you're your own most spiritual tool. Um, I had a mentor that used to say that. So that's, I like that. that people don't have to go get something. They don't have to buy, you know, if they want to add, like you said, herbs or crystals to their, or sound instruments or sound um, clearing items, but yeah, I love that. So Big Willie has, he always has really great questions. Um, he has a problem clearing his mind and that's a common thing. Um, people think that they have to be like completely clear of mind, but that's not necessarily true in all cases. But before we move into, um, I know you have a small exercise for us to do. Um, but before we move into that, can you, um, answer his question a little bit? This is, so do you big, need go ahead. So Big Loy says, do you need to put up protection before channeling? To clarify, can you let things in that may have not been good? Can you let things in that may not have good intentions for you when channeling? Oh, so you're talking about like like a letting in uh, something low vibrational? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that could be, and some people do like to do that. I'm guessing that could be what he means. But yeah. I will say that when you kind of intentionally let in like a low vibrational energy, they can, it can be hard to release it. And it can be hard to know where it's going to go or what it's going to say. Um, I would say that if you are going to let in intentionally something low vibration or let like a demonic energy come in or something like that, um, the reason why people will sometimes do that is so that others around them can see like what that demon is all about or can get a face to the name or can kind of like get more information out of that demon so that um, you can clear it. I yeah. will say that it doesn't necessarily feel the best you know, to do it. So I don't typically say like, yeah, go ahead and do it, you know, because yeah. it can wear you out afterwards. And you, right. some people will feel, and I know I felt channeling lower energies, almost like on the edge of death when you're done. And um, so that's why I don't recommend it all the time. You can do it. Um, and I will say, if you are gonna do it, you just wanna make sure that your end of channeling practices involves clearing your energy once again, making sure you get out of the building or get out of the space that you're in and go take a walk, making sure that you eat grounding foods afterwards so you can come back into your body. 
something like a like chocolate or nuts or something kind of salty something heavy and dense brings all your energy back into your body and kind of takes you out of feeling others energy so if you are going to do something like that i would definitely say make sure to ground clear and you know do any type of anointing that you want to do to clear that energy out of your system like just do a heavy med a clearing meditation afterwards or a grounding exercise even yoga right and for protection before channeling I like to um, call in white light and golden light. I like to call in my own messenger guide, which we'll do in, in two minutes here. I'll try to do it in two minutes, Priscilla. Um, but we'll try to do, I like to call in my own messenger guide or like a gatekeeper guide. People have spirit guides and they can be ancestors. They can be guardian angels. And you call in this one spirit that you trust every time. And that spirit acts as your constant. So like in a scientific experiment, you have a constant and then you bring variables against it to measure them against the constant. In mediumship, that's what I teach is that you bring in a spirit that's a constant for you, an angel or a being that you're very familiar with connecting with. And then you can bring in other energies with that. And that spirit energy holds the space for you, kind of builds up your aura or your force field so that any other energy that you bring in, you can feel it, you can sense it, but it's not going to affect you and residually hold on to you as much as it otherwise would have if it was just you channeling the energy. So I recommend bringing in like your own spirit, another spirit guide or something like that. Uh, Protector guide. I call them a gatekeeper guide. Um, And then that works as protection. You can also use traditional protection tools, crystals, crosses, holy water, those things do essential oils. Um, Essential oil blends are specifically made for protection. There are many out there to choose from, and many of them are effective and are very, very good um, that will work. Um, So those are just a few things that you can do to protect yourself before channeling. And then another thing that you can do to protect yourself before channeling is notice before you channel about an hour before how you feel. If you are scheduled to channel for a client or if you're going into a house and you're going to do some sort of work in that house spiritually, you want to notice how you feel before you go into that event. And then with any difference in the change of how you feel before you head into a channeling event, if you feel worse, if you feel like you're going to puke or something like that, you just want to balance it out with any herbal healing techniques or any physical body techniques that you can use so that you brace yourself for the energy that you're about to encounter. The more that you brace yourself for the energy that you're about to encounter, the less it's going to scare you or throw you off or um, make you feel ungrounded or unstable or unsafe. Yeah, which is what I'm doing, guys, uh, this next Friday after the uh, UFO uh, disclosure event or the raising awareness about disclosure event. I'm going to Waverly Hills Sanatorium for a a paranormal tour and I'm definitely going to brace myself. Definitely. <laughs> Cause I know uh, the empathic, I, I'm doing it because I'm in Kentucky right now and I won't be here next year. So I kind of, um, I feel like I'm spiritually ready to do that, but it's a very intense place for um, people with abilities. So um, definitely going to brace myself for that one. <laughs> yeah. Do you know if you're going to be using like any tools or do they have like a specific tour for you to follow or do they um, like, you know, do you know anything about it? Like what um, you're going to gonna be a follow tour. It's a two hour tour. It's from 10 to midnight. And I'm going to call them tomorrow and see if I can bring anything like an EMF reader or um, you, I don't know if you've ever used a spirit box, but there's a couple of really good ones that are for your phone that are, will creep you out. I have it on my phone and somebody said my name. And the next day my son was describing my brother 
that had been gone for a while and a nickname that I had never. So it was like, you need to send me the app. Yeah. I'll send you a screenshot of both of them because um, they're, they're both really good. One kind of has weird voices you can pick from. Um, the other one's a little more like traditional spirit box sounding. So yeah. And uh, crystals used them too with some good, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's just scanning radio stations. So you can do that through your phone. But yeah, I'm going to see if I can bring anything. They have longer tours. They had a six hour one, like midnight to six that I wanted to do, but with kids and I don't have an overnight person for that long. And then also there's one where you can pay for a group and it's like, it's like $800. So everybody definitely has a chip in, but you get to go free roam and do your own investigation. So um, I really want to get more into that since I travel so much because my husband's military, I kind of wanted to incorporate that into um, my channel. I want to start going to places and doing, you know, um, investigations to kind of just for my own curiosity. I'm not trying to be like paranormal investigator travel channel or anything, but um, I think that I really want to do it. You know, um, I enjoy it and I've been around stuff like that for, you know, a while. And I think that there's so many cool tools right now that you can utilize to gather um, information. Yeah. So I'm excited, but I'm going to brace myself because <laughs> a lot went out there. <laughs> It's going to be fun. And I know from tours that we've done in the past here, um, things can follow you to your house, oh, yeah. you know, so perfect. yeah. So you just, you know, and it can happen even with the best of intentions. So you yeah. just always want to, it, I think it's part of the fun, you know, and it yeah. adds, it adds to the mystique and I don't, you know, anymore, like, I don't mind it so much as I'm more like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know? And then yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. I need to clear my energy. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And I, I forgot to leave some sage by the front steps. And when we get home. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's so easy to bring something home, you know, yeah. so it's, you know, it's really the best practice would be every time you leave your house to like cleanse yourself when you come back, you yeah. know, but even, after practicing it's not people sometimes spirits like they'll get they'll get a met they want to get a message through however they can sometimes and it won't even be something like we're talking about waverly hills where there's some, like a lot of menacing but there's also people stuck there that you know were probably are just normal people that maybe weren't sick uh either so um but even just out and about i always tell people they're like i started dreaming about this random guy and i'm like well who did you interact with today because it could be people don't see these um invisible it's almost like entanglement for my nuts and bolts people where this energy is like it's very sticky in a way like if i'm talking to a cashier she hands me my card or a, a receipt and i touch her hand she's got somebody that wants to get a message through that person can kind of like you've built these energetic cords as small as they are sometimes and you'll start seeing that person in the dream and they'll be like hey like <laughs> unless you sit until you start setting like boundaries but yeah, things do follow. And somebody said the hitchhiker effect. Um, that's been all over the place lately because on um, UFO Twitter, people are talking about Skinwalker Ranch. So that's happened at Skinwalker Ranch a lot. So <laughs> it's a very interesting concept and it does happen. So I'm going to be careful. I'm going to cleanse before and after. And I'm going to be in a great mood when I get there. So <laughs> yeah, have fun most importantly, because oh yeah. The more fun that you have doing it, the more fun that they'll have with you. The spirit world will. Yeah. They, they like to, you know, as much as they don't want to be like yelled at and things, but they like to engage. You know, a lot yes, of them yes. enjoy being there and a lot of them yeah. will purposely stay there so that they can engage and so that they can provide evidence. And many of them do find it fun, you know, and sometimes people be like, well, why do they visit it? And I'm like, sometimes it's just for fun. 
You know, yeah. sometimes they just find it fun to do these things and right. they, they don't have bodies so they can go wherever they want. <laughs> right. I, I have this thing where like if people are always going to focus on like the scarier aspects of a haunted place, but there, there's, there's other spirits there too. And everywhere, you know, they're everywhere. Like um, the, the higher vibrational, lower vibrational. So just because you're going to like, there's a cemetery here called Hell's Gate Cemetery. Um, just because you're going to the Hell's Gate Cemetery doesn't mean they're all evil people buried in there. And there's just demons lurking around every tombstone. Some people are just there and bound to their bodies and probably want to not be there anymore or they like hanging out. So it's, it's different. It's like people are, um, somebody had commented on one of my friend's TikToks that she had ended up, she had channeled a, um, a very violent male spirit and he doesn't want to leave. He likes attaching to females. So um, that was a whole crazy situation for her. But somebody's like, well, you can't talk about spirits like that because they just go into the light. And I'm like, mm, not all the time, but that again, yeah. another show. <laughs> yeah. That could be for another show, you know, yeah. and possibly what those energies intentions are because man, there are some nights that I've just spent up thinking about that. Yeah. You know, like why and what's the purpose and, you know, what could be the reason for that? And, you know, you know, do I need to be going to bed now when, or do I just keep thinking about this? So yeah. it could definitely be for another show, but yeah, it's so interesting. And I'm excited to hear about your experience. And if you do end up doing a show on it, I'm very curious about it. I'm going to definitely be taking some mental notes and I know I'm going to have some sort of contact there. So <laughs> Yeah, it just happens when you're open uh, to stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of opening, I think now is a good time to do the little um, exercise that you have planned. Oh yeah. So speaking of opening, let's go ahead and do an exercise, and this is really as much of a protection exercise as it is practicing calling in and out of spirit uh, safely. So you can extend this exercise that we're about to do for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or you can rapidize it for two to three minutes. So I'm going to try to do it on the more rapid side of things, the way that I would do it if someone wanted me to do a reading for them really quickly. Now, when you connect with spirit, just know that you want to pay attention to your four main psychic senses, clairaudience, clairsentience, clairaudience is hearing, clairsentience is feeling claircognizance is thought and clairvoyance is vision. Depending on which of your energy sensors is more open naturally, I like to tell people it's your learning style. However you learn the best is usually how you intuit the best. So um, you want to pay attention to your all four your senses and just notice uh, what you experience in this exercise. So this exercise we're about to do is going to be for meeting a gatekeeper guide. Some people will call a gatekeeper guide a messenger guide or a protector guide. And you can call in a gatekeeper guide anytime you do mediumship or connect with any spirit otherwise. And I like to just call in a gatekeeper guide sometimes, like I said, as a constant. If I'm going into an unfamiliar place and I don't know the spirit energies there, I will just call in a spirit energy that is a base, almost like a baseline calibration for me. You know, this is the calibrated state. And then anything else that comes in that's not that I know is something else that's coming from this space and not from me. And that's the way I kind of determine, okay, is it me? Or is, that, is it the space outside as I calibrate first? So think about this exercise as a calibration. So to begin, uh, if you can, roll your shoulders back and down and close your eyes. If you can, if, if you can't, leave your eyes open. That's okay too. And you want to put your hands palm up on either side of you or on your lap, just so that they're in an open position. I call this the receptive position. 
and you want to have your feet flat on the floor and you want them to be hip width apart. So if you need to adjust your seat or adjust your stance, go ahead and do that now. And I'm going to have my eyes closed. Then from here, you want to just take three de deep breaths in and out. So in and out. In and out. In and out. Bring your attention down to your feet and start by visualizing two cords of light, both red in color, a deep brownish red type of color. You want to imagine both of these cords of light coming from the center palms of your feet, your right foot and your left foot. And begin to visualize those cords of light traveling through the floor, traveling down and down through the structure that you're in. And if you're not in a structure, just down through the earth. I want to watch these cords go down and down and into the earth, down and down through the soil, down and down till they reach the bedrock, down and down and down until they start to reach, or you start to sense the molten core of the earth, this red and orange light. And from here, begin to watch as these cords touch upon this molten earth color. And as they do, that earth energy, that molten earth, begins to travel back up these cords of light, and back up and up through the bedrock back up and up through the soil so that these cords of light are glowing and they're glowing like an orange red color. And just watch as they come back and back, up and up the right cord and then up and up the left, up and up the right cord, up and up the left until they come up and up and up into your body, into the lower parts of your feet. And watch as this Earth energy begins to travel up through your feet and up through your legs, up your right shin and then up your left, up your right thigh and then up your left, up and up into your belly. And now watch as this red and orange light begins to fill in your belly. And as it fills in your belly, it begins to expand out from your stomach expand out and out into the space around you out and out into the area in which you sit or stand until it's out and around you about five feet maybe two arms lengths out in all directions and from here go up to your chest just come back to your body and Go up to your chest and go up to your neck and go up to your head and just watch as you get awareness in your chest, your neck and your head, going up to the top of your crown. And at the top of your crown, notice a flower opening. I like to notice a lotus flower. 
And here from this lotus flower, notice a beam of white light shooting up to the sky, all the way up and up and up through the sky to the heavens. And once you hit that cloud layer all the way up and up, notice another beam of light coming back down. And this beam of light is blue, angelic almost, glittery almost. And watch as this beam of light comes down and down through the sky and down and down until it's diagonally shining to the left right next to you. And into this space, you want to ask that a gatekeeper guide please step in. And just simply notice any energy that appears, anything that you see or sense, anything that you feel. Roll your shoulders back and down once again. Now go ahead and as soon as you're ready, open your eyes. Yeah, I muted myself and started breathing. I didn't want to be like, <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader while people are trying to meditate. So thank you. That's very... Um, that's very awesome and that's very something you can do anywhere and uh, i don't know if any of you did it but if you did you'll have to let us know in the comments um, if you saw anything or experienced anything yeah and when we said or at the time when i said open your eyes that would be the time that you would want to write anything down that you noticed i like to recommend doing that meditation two or three times and i purposely didn't call the spirit out at the end because after this meditation, you may get messages or information coming through. And many people see their gatekeeper guide as their protector guide. So you kind of do want to have that spirit with you, you know, and around you as often as you possibly can. So if you do want to call that spirit out, you just will just, you will just have to say thank you. You know, thank you for appearing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your time. And usually that that energy will start to fade out into the background. Yes, um, they're very respectful of your space. You're um, the guides that are helping you. Mm -hmm. so, Definitely. Um, I want to ask you. First, I want to thank you for that. Um, but where can people find you? Like, um, I have your information in the description, of course. But for anybody that doesn't want to read and is just listening, or if they're listening to audio only. Uh, where can you be found and what sort of things do you offer on your website or services? So typically I recommend people find me on my website, which is my name on the screen, Amanda Lynette Mater, and then it's .com. So you just type in the first, middle, and last, and then .com, and then you'll find my website. It's usually where I suggest people find me. From there, I would say on social media handles, which you'll find off of that website. I believe they're on the bottom of the site. I will say the biggest ones that I'm on are Pinterest, Facebook, and Twitter. I also have an Instagram. Some people really like that as well. Those would be where you'd be able to find me socially. As far as connecting with me after we get off tonight, I will say that at the top of the 
navigation on the website, there's a complimentary meditation. When you sign up for my newsletter list, the first thing I do is send you a complimentary meditation. It's a higher self meditation, typically connecting with your own soul, your own spirit, your higher self, opens your intuitive gifts, and then it allows you to connect with anybody else's higher self in the physical or in the non-physical. So if you want to open your empathic gifts, you want to open your mediumship gifts, the first step is typically connecting with the higher self, and then it all generally evolves from there. So the newsletter list has a free meditation if you'd like to sign up for that. And then every month I also have an intuitive development program going, and that's called the membership program. You can subscribe to it. It's essentially a monthly class, and every month we do have a live workshop, and then inside the membership program, which is a monthly intuitive, it's ro we rotate themes every single month. Different topics are covered. Sometimes uh, Priscilla and I talked about we can do past lives, we do connecting with angels, we do energy healing, we do mediumship, we do spirit guides, we do manifestation, we do all different types of intuitive themes. And then in that membership program, there's also a member center, which has a robust archives and article library, videos, meditations, what people tend to like the most are the meditations. So if you want to connect and take intuitive development classes, one of the things I will say is joining the membership program gets you that, but then also there's a whole bunch of meditations, whole bunch of videos, and a whole bunch of articles that you can get as well. So I will say that the two main ways to connect are the newsletter uh, with the free meditation and then also through the membership program, which is the monthly intuitive development class. Very cool. And do you have any public engagements coming up or any other interviews coming up? There are some things in the works, but okay. I will say that right now we kind of open the calendar because I am reformulating a lot of things on the website. So right. if, if and when, and there will be a when, because this has been going on for as long as it has, when there is an event coming up, we're going to be putting them on the events page, which is also on the website as well. So you can typically follow me on Instagram for event postings. And I will say, um, as far as public events is concerned, those will be on the events page on the site when they do happen, also on Instagram. And then for private events, on Thursday, there is a workshop coming up for members. So you can still join the membership program and access the workshop on Thursday. And that workshop is on opening empathy. And it's at 7.30 and it's on Thursday, but it is part of the intuitive development class. So as far as events for the public, I will say go ahead and stay tuned on the events page and also on Instagram is typically where I advertise those. Very cool, thank you so much. So thank you to everybody in the chat. I got the Laura's here. We have Hello Kelly and Big Willie's here often. Thank you for showing up. He's our divine masculine that always has great questions. And then we have, um, we, yeah, I said the Laura's. Yeah, I think I said, and I saw Diesel Girl at the beginning. So thank you, Diesel Girl and Patricia, if you're still here. Kevin's here. Uh, Kevin's probably like, what's going on? Because he's usually like on the UFO side of things. <laughs> so yes, if you're listening to um, this, is if this is your first time listening to Quantum Witch Cafe and you're like, what's going on? Especially if you're kind of joining from uh, the UFO podcast format, um, next 
we will, um, I usually do UFO stuff, but I am a witch and I do like to offer spirituality to people a couple times a month because there is more people that are wanting to open than will admit publicly. So this gives people a way to contact, um, you know, other spirits they want to interest or interested in. And if you have contact with any non-human intelligences linked to your experiences with UFOs or UIP, then um, this will kind of give you a grounding for that as well. And uh, you can't rule anything out till you tried it. So I hope you enjoyed that meditation. And you can find me here and this week um, UFO podcast format as well. And I will see everybody on Wednesday for um, we're not having ladies night on Wednesday. Normally we have ladies night on Wednesday, but um, I'm going to be having Dan Warren on. And Dan Warren, if you don't know who he is, um, basically go follow him. <laughs> but if you, uh, Dan Warren gives all the um, news updates about um, you ending UIP secrecy as a disclosure activist. So um, he's definitely worth following and coming back on Wednesday to see him. And Amanda, I'm going to drop you out. Do you want to hang out for a minute backstage so I could thank you later? And for everybody else, thank you so much. And I will see you soon. Have a great night.